I went and got my headshots made and I literally licked the envelopes and mailed out about 50, 75 headshots to a bunch of Some agents. of the best headshots you'll ever see. They're so dumb. Her dad, her dad has them displayed on the in the office and oh. just one after the other and they're so hilarious. I remember when I came to visit Arkansas for the first time after we met. <laughs> And we were dating for like a year, and I came here, and I saw the headshots, and I was like, oh, my God. This is, <laughs> like who, this is, this is who I'm marrying, huh? Welcome back to Sustaining Craft, the podcast all about the journeys of creatives in business and life. I'm Elizabeth Silverstein with my special guest today, Jessica Crum of Silver Lake Design Studio and the studio downtown, and Justin Crum of Farewell Films. Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for coming today. Chatting with me. So what do you guys do? This is Jessica. Um, I run a creative studio in Conway, Arkansas. We create graphics, logos, and website in hopes of helping people change the world. And how long have you been doing that? Three and a half years. And I'm uh, Justin Crum. I'm a filmmaker here in Conway and uh, basically produce, write, direct, edit films, narrative films. And how long have you been doing all that? We've been doing farewell films for the last year and a half. Before that, I was making, doing documentary work for AETN, the PBS station. Before that, I was mostly writing screenplays. So, um, in total, you know, I've been working in film for, uh, you know, 12, 12 years or so. Mm-hmm. so. Awesome. And you guys, it's, it's a little interesting because you're both in creative fields and you're a couple. <laughs> I don't tend to hear that very often it's usually one is super yeah. hardcore in the creative and one is super hardcore in like math or business yeah. so how did how did that work how did you guys find each other how did that all come together we met through some of our creative friends actually yeah one of my film school buddies yeah. one of my close friends his wife worked with jessica right and what and you guys were in la we were and i was in the fashion industry at that time so, yeah, I stomped into, um, her name's Alex, I stomped into her office and said, I need to go back to church <laughs> because my life was a mess and um, I was a single mom and, um, and yeah, I just needed a community. And so, yeah, she brought me to her church on Hollywood Boulevard and there Justin was with his long hair and <laughs> I had longer hair then. tall stature. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I asked him out and he was like, what the heck? You have a kid. Well, she asked me out while her, uh, her baby daddy was still living with her. So that was weird. Oh, <laughs> so it's it a little more than just the child. There was, there was something else going on there. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> no, but he's, he's still, even though we're both creative, he is so practical. He's like the one who was laughing at me when I said, you know, I was going to buy a house in Los Angeles with three hundred thousand dollars he was like it was two hundred was it two hundred yeah in my head it was three hundred <laughs> i was like, like that'll luck, give me a little more yeah he's always been the realist 
Um, it, which is interesting. To me, it's interesting that he is in the creative industry because he's got like a very logical brain, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely the the one who's spontaneous. And... Yeah, she's the free bird. I'm the... I like to have things planned out. Yeah. yeah, which is so necessary when you're making a movie. I mean, that it takes like two or three years. And if you lose focus, like I would, if I were making a, a movie for two or three years, it's, you know, it's just over. So so how did you both end up in L.A.? Because you're from Pine Bluff, mm-hmm. right? Jessica, where are you from, Justin? I'm from Stafford, Virginia, okay. near D.C., not too far from D.C. Yeah. I've made my way out there because I wanted to go to film school. So I went to film school in Long Beach, uh, which isn't far from L.A. Uh, it's like 40 minutes south. It was kind of a good in-between city. It wasn't like right in the heart of L.A. It was a nice transition because I came from a town about the size of Conway. Then kind of after school, you know, moseyed up to L.A. area, Hollywood area. So what got you into film in the first place? Because that's not an easy thing to break into or make a living doing. I always wanted to do something different, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was until like my junior year of high school, I think. And um, we, one of my sophomore projects, we had a chance to do a video or a paper. And one of my friends, I would normally be like, I'm doing the paper because there's no way I can be in a video, you know, but make it like a little movie or whatever. But I had a buddy who just... Because he's painfully shy. <clears throat> yeah, I'm really shy. <laughs> so he forced me to do it. And then when we were doing it, we were like dressed as women and like running around this campfire and just having the best time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was just so much fun. And I really came alive kind of in that space. And the cool thing about movies is like not a lot of people are watching you live. You know, you can just kind of get it right and then show it to them when it's ideal. You know, so that appealed to me too. So, yeah, that kind of got me started, that little movie. And then my high school, funny enough, had a video video productions class. Uh, had a little program, which is kind of weird. In a small town. Yeah, a small town. And this was in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, so like around the 2000s. So it was pretty early. You would edit from like VHS to VHS tape, which was weird. Um, you know, you would have your raw footage on one VHS tape and then you would edit it onto another. So you had multiple VCRs and you would edit that way. But it was very rudimentary, but that was a lot of fun. And then I was just like, yeah, I want to do this. It's, um, it it just kind of made sense to me. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When did you move out to Los Angeles? So I, I went to community college in Virginia for two years as a way of saving money. And I lived with my parents for those two years, which I didn't really want to do, but I had to, to get enough money to go out there. And so after doing that, then I, then I, I was planning it since, you know, my senior year trying to get out there. Then my parents were trying to convince. I moved out there in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. We were there until 2013. Basically. And there's an interesting connection there because, Jessica, when we talked before, you wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was your original goal. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like way too self-conscious to ever try to be in something Justin's making. Um, she has been in one of my films. It was never released. It was never released, which makes me like double self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> A little short film. It was more for, for fun than anything, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, I feel like sometimes I tell people I miss my calling on the Disney channel, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Not too late. No. Um, be the oldest uh, Selena Gomez play a ever. Mom. Yeah. yeah. Just be in there with all the little teeny boppers. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be an actress. And coming from Arkansas, there we had one um, place in central Arkansas, in Little Rock, that would teach you to do commercial acting. And they took you to New York to audition in front of working casting agents. And yeah. so I did that as a teenager. My parents were like 100% on board um, with helping me pursue that dream, which was so cool. And then when it came down to it, I was like ready to move to New York. And and so I was looking for a college there because they still, even though they were really supportive, like I needed to have a backup plan and go to college. And so visiting colleges in New York... And on the subway, met a girl who said she went to a college called FIT, the Fashion Institute. And I was like, that's a thing? And she said, yeah. And so then I was at home looking at fashion schools and found FIDM, which is in downtown Los Angeles, and thought, okay, that's doable. Like, our, my acting teacher knows people in Los Angeles. So, yeah, I went and got my headshots made, and I literally licked the envelopes and mailed out about 50, 75 headshots to a bunch of Some of the best headshots you'll ever see. They're so dumb. Her dad, her dad has them displayed on the in the office and oh. just one after the other and they're so hilarious. I remember when I came to visit Arkansas for the first time after we met and we were dating for like a year and I came here and I saw the headshots and I was like, oh my God. This is like too, a shrine. This is, this is who I'm marrying, huh? And she looks so different, too. She's very, like, bohemian now, but then she had, like, Straightened I don't know. Hair she had, like, pink and... lipstick, and it was just ridiculous. <laughs> you, were, you were pretty young. You were still Oh, I was like, 16, yeah, 16. I moved to Los Angeles when I was 16 because I begged my mom to let me drop out of school in ninth grade, and she was like, if you homeschool yourself, then you can. And so I did. I, like, wrote my own transcript in Excel and... Printed it off and made her sign it and moved to LA. She's very driven from a young age. Yeah. You had like two jobs when you were 14, I think. So. I did. I love working. Anyway, so yeah, moved to Los Angeles when I was 16. And from rural Arkansas. Yep. And was pregnant by 17. Pregnant by 17. I always like to say that, yeah. No. <laughs> when people think it's a complete success story, it's good to. I know. The, other, the flip it. side, when you're alone at 16 in LA. Yeah, yeah that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's protection, kids. <laughs> that happen because you had visited home when you got pregnant? So, yeah. my So, I had a boyfriend still in Arkansas. Um, so, <laughs> it was not just. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. No. Yeah, but, I was later. Um, yeah, I had met him because his mom was the teacher of the acting classes. And so, one time she made us do an exercise where we stare at each other for like a solid 10 minutes. <laughs> and in those 10 minutes, they fell in love. Well, I had another boyfriend at the time. And so. <laughs> 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 so we actually didn't like hit it off until he went on the new york trip too so we kind of like really started dating in new york but then i freaking moved away like yeah. or we didn't start dating in new york no i'm lying we met really in new york and then it was rekindled when i went to pick up my headshots when I was moving, like a week before I moved to Los Angeles, uh, okay. because his dad was the photographer, so he was there, 
And so I pick up my headshots and he's like, where are you going? I was like, Los Angeles. And he's like, you want to hang out before you leave? And then bam, I was in a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then That's you go to <laughs> She's so different than me. I, I didn't have a girlfriend until I was like 19. <laughs> and she's, she's like in these very serious relationships yes. for like 15. Yeah, I was definitely yeah. on the fast track. Yeah. I didn't know how old I was. You know, it's like when the when cats think they're dogs, you know? Oh. Mm. it's hard I think it's hard when you're a teenager though because you feel so grown you do and you're a child (laughs) like you're literally a child your brain's not developed it's just but you feel like no I can I'll take care of myself I'm gonna do it and you can do so much but you're still you're still a kid yeah it's really weird but it, yeah. the remarkable thing to me about your story is that it, you got pregnant so young, but you uh-huh. still moved out to L.A. and you're still pursuing your dream, which is pretty incredible to think about because often that that, st- that stalls it out. Like, that's it. You're a mom. You're a young mom. Yeah. You have to rethink your dream. But you were like, no, I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. Where did that come from? Oh, just pure rebellion. <laughs> it, honestly, even the success came from rebellion because, like, I – was rebellious and so I wanted to leave Arkansas. I was rebellious and so I, you know, uh, was messing around when I shouldn't be. And then I was rebellious in that when people said, you need to move back to Arkansas and, you know, give your child a better life and like, you know, give yourself a shot, like at finishing school and all this stuff. I said, I can do it. I can do this. So I stayed in school and it was really funny. All the girls at fashion school have high heels on like every day. And so I wore my high heels as long as I could when I was pregnant. And then eventually she just can't anymore. But they would make, like, my fashion design teacher brought, uh, or she was my pattern making, pattern making teacher, would um, bring, like, little beanies to school that she had knitted for my daughter. And, yeah, they were all, like, really supportive. But they all knew that I was 16 when I moved there and started college. So throughout school, they thought I was, They would call me the 15-year-old because I applied for school when I was 15, and so they would always be like, the 15-year-old's pregnant. By the time I was 17, I was like, I'm not 15 anymore. 17 now, guys. Yeah, come on. Grown up. Come on. (laughs) But no, the resilience literally came from sheer rebellion. I was like, I can do this. You will see. You know, I remember being like, I had morning sickness one day, and I was in L.A. traffic, and I was just like, no, <laughs> I'm going to school. And I just opened my door, threw open the road, and just kept driving. <laughs> so, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. It was like that even a couple years later when I met her. I mean, she was running circles around everyone, really. You could never keep that pace up, though. I mean, no one could. It was, it was pretty... I remember yeah. I was had a very controlled life. Everything was kind of like I knew what my schedule looked like every day and all that. And then I remember walking into her house the first time, and it was like a circus. <laughs> it was like clean up this like, clutter. <laughs> there was like five girls living with her with the oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, there, I had so was, many roommates. there was like just piles of stuff everywhere, and they seemed very happy. And everyone, but there, everyone was really stressed too, mm-hmm. and everyone was just like running around doing all this different stuff. And I was just like, "This, I'm gonna have a seizure being in this apartment for longer than like an hour." <laughs> everyone just darting around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. So what connected you two? So you saw him, and you're like, "I want to date this guy. I'm gonna ask him out." And, you, and Justin, okay. you're like, "Whoa." We on. would go to the farmers market together. So, and that's when I found out he was so funny, and I think he was comfortable being funny because he's so shy. So 
really, if it had just been he and I, I don't think he would have been so open. But we were with his friends who introduced us. Not in like a, you know, matchmaker kind of way. We would just all go to the farmer's market. Yeah, we would just all go after church to the farmer's market in Hollywood. And he was so funny. And we were always joking together. And um, But I had my daughter, you know, pushing her in the stroller. So it was never anything like romantic. But one day I asked my friend for his number so I could ask him about something that was wrong with my car, which was not true. But (laughs) got his number, texted him, asked him if we could go somewhere other than the farmer's market sometime. And he didn't text me back for like four hours. Mm, I was taking a nap. <laughs> That's like he stands by that alibi, but I don't believe it. Like who does it wait four hours to text you back when you he ask him out? His mom, he was telling his friends. So anyway, he so he finally was like, Yeah, sure. I but I was still very I was still pretty young. I mean Mila's too, so I'm nineteen. And um, he's he's older than me, and so he asked me to go to a. Our friends were supposed to go to this show. It was a show, but it was at a. And it was at a, but it was at a bar or something. Yeah, so you had to be 21, and I had to tell him. Uh, Wow. And Justin, how old were you at this point? I'm six years older than her, so I was 25. She was 19. Yeah. I can't. So then. I said, I can't. I'm not old enough to go in there. And I thought it was just going to be over, you know, like conversation over, you know, maybe in our next life. And he says, okay, well, there's an art show at the cemetery. You want to go to that? And I was like, yes. (laughs) Thank you. And um, so he comes to get me. We go to the cemetery looking for the art show. And cemeteries there have events all the time. It's really cool. Well, I've it's never the, heard of that before. It's the Hollywood for not Hollywood Forever. Is There's it? it's one another, in Glendale. It's too. the one Michael Jackson. I think it's Hollywood Forever. It's the one Michael Jackson is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. basically like a. I mean, there's celebrities buried everywhere there, so yeah, it's, you know. It's kind of a place to go in a mm-hmm. way. I mean, they have art shows and they have like a main lobby and and all that. And if you think about it, it's a really big green space, too. So it's kind of, you know, big green space in the middle of the city. Like, there's a... And there's one in Hollywood where they do movie screenings on the mausoleum. There's multiple. And people don't deface the tombs? Well, they they have a... So they have, like, their open hours, and then they they gate it up, and they have security there, you know, pretty frequently. But... um, when we went, that's kind of what's funny is when we went, the art show was already over. Oh yes, we were driving around looking for it. We were like, where is this art show? And but, uh, but the gate was still open. Yeah. So we were like, well, let's just let's just peruse around, around, you know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we ended up our our first date. We were just uh, walking around the cemetery through, through all these tombstones. <laughs> and then <laughs> when we tried to leave, it, the gate was locked. Oh yeah. yeah. So we got in. locked in the cemetery on our first date. That was good. <laughs> it has beautiful views there. I mean, it really is beautiful. But it, it is funny to tell yeah. people that we. Uh, we had um our first kiss on helen hood's grave so if anyone out there knows who she is helen hood i still wonder who is she that's our wi-fi password for a long time it was our password (laughs) (laughs) like who's helen hood it's a dead lady in la we kissed on top of it That sounds gross yeah she's part of your relationship now yeah we love her she's part of us so you guys connected, and you you kept pursuing fashion, and mm-hmm. Justin, you were pursuing film. Yeah, it was mostly writing at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long did you stay in L.A.? Until 2013. Okay. And then you moved out to rural Arkansas. Yeah. It was, do you consider this rural? Yes. This is like the fourth biggest city in Arkansas. 
colors? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. not saying much, no, though. Saying <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're from you're from a much more rural area. It Pine is my, Bluff well, is it's so deserted now in Pine Bluff. I mean, it was a, it was hopping at one time because they had the railroad passing through there, and they had a really big stop there. But it's all abandoned now. It's really um, devastated. But they're trying they're trying to rebuild it. So yeah, it's much more rural now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you moved from design, like fashion, designing clothes and everything, mm-hmm. into designing websites and mm-hmm. logos and things like. What was that transition? Well, just frankly, when we moved to Arkansas, we. Um, I mean, he's a filmmaker and I'm a fashion designer. You know, we our options are extremely limited <laughs> so it was either you know go to work at Dillard's and I you know had worked with them before I'd sold like designs to them or you know do freelance so I just kept on freelancing for my clients in LA and when people locally would say what do you do I'd say I'm a designer and they would say and I would tell them like textile design you know like mm-hmm. fabric design graphic like t-shirt graphic t-shirts and they'd be like oh can you make my logo and I was like no. Probably. <laughs> Not the same thing, but we can talk about it. Not, you know, I'm like yeah. the yes person. I'm like, yeah, of course I can. I, and then I'm just secretly like, I'll figure it out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I started. And, I, and really, I was volunteering for lots of nonprofits who had no marketing materials at all. And so half the time I was just doing free design work for nonprofits, trying to help them get some exposure. And then uh, picked up some freelance clients here and there in Arkansas, still was freelancing in, for people in California. And then it just got to be so much work that I didn't know how to, you know, and I hate saying no to people. <laughs> so I was like, I have to do something to manage all this. And my friend in LA started a, a branding company and I asked her, you know, what was your first hire? Did you hire another graphic designer? And she said, no. She's like, don't hire another designer. You need a project manager. And so I was like, well, I can't like pay someone else, you know, full salary. Maybe I'll just offer someone like a part-time job. And I just mentioned it. It was really happenstance, like very serendipitous. I went to Chick-fil-A to take my kid to decorate cookies at the event. And the girl coordinating the event who does the marketing for them was there. And I was telling her about the business that I wanted to start, Silver Lake, and how I needed a, a project manager for just a few hours a week. And I was like, do you know anybody that might be interested in that? Because she went to UCA for PR and stuff. And she was like, I'm interested. So I hired my first project manager at five hours a week, which I feel like is really encouraging for anybody out there that wants to start a business. Like you don't have to have a full-time job offer for someone to get on board with the mission, you know? And I kept it very intentional about only designing for local businesses. I'm not going after corporate, you know, or big ticket clients because local businesses need good design work, you know, and I, as long as I keep driving around Conway and seeing signs and, you know, looking online at websites that can't compete with these, you know, big box stores, then I'm going to keep designing for local businesses because they need to be able to, you know, have a, a foot in the door. Yeah. Justin. Moving from L.A. to Conway, how did you stay in film? How did Farewell Film start? Well, when we first got out here, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And literally as we were driving here, uh, I, her grandma had sent me a bunch of classifieds at the lo- from the local papers. And um, one, of, like, one of the first ones I saw was, and, and at this point, I'd already been looking for like two months in L.A., so I was kind of like, there ain't nothing out there. 
and then we get in the car and it was kind of like just one of those moments that felt like the heavens had opened up you know and like uh one of the first classified ads i looked at was like tv producer wanted and i was like what is that <laughs> and then uh, realize, neither of us realized it was a tv station yeah and then we i looked i was like aetn and i looked it up and found out it was down the street from where we were moving and uh, so i was like i think i'm supposed to apply for that so long story short i ended up getting that job and uh, was doing a lot of documentary and educational stuff for them. And then after I had finished a longer documentary there that did pretty well, it aired nationally, it felt like I was needing to, because my roots are very much in narrative filmmaking. And I did grow grow to love documentaries there, but I didn't want to only do documentaries. And, and there's no way to branch out from that there, you know, with the PBS system, really, um, unless you're Downton Abbey. Um, so it just felt like it was the right time to move into, you know, a lot of the scripts I had written before and and start producing those. And so PBS was kind of a bit of a training ground for me in a lot of ways and, and built my confidence up. And so, yeah, I left there with intention of making the film I'm making now, which is Papaw Land. And I've been working on that for a year and a half and, uh, probably another year or so. It's a, long, it's a long process. The documentary took about that long too, though. So, yeah. Yeah, people don't always, I think, realize what how much work goes into it. Into ninety minutes. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the level of detail. Well, yeah. I mean, almost any film you watch takes a couple years at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we I hear stories all the time filmmakers working on a film for five five, five years or even longer. Ten years. Or yeah. If they're just developing it, it can be even longer. And there's still the possibility it doesn't go anywhere. You pour your life into it, and then it just stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you start the next one. Someone told him, like, as soon as you guys wrap on this one, start thinking about what you're doing next, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah, especially when you're independent, too. There's no there's no machine behind you, you know? You're, you have your hand in literally everything, and you know? post-production on one side, and yeah. then you're starting pre-production on something else. Or... I mean, there would be even a longer gap in between your projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Papa Land is the name of the film. How did, did you wrote the script yourself? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I wrote it, started it like 10 years ago. Okay. How did yeah. you get that idea? And can you exp- um, That one, you know, this film is probably my the most personal one I've written, and it's very much from a about my grandfather. And kind of the summers I used to spend with him, like that's kind of the place it comes from for me. Now the storyline deviates from that a bit, but that's why I started writing it. But it's not like a, it's not a hugely, uh, there's not not a lot of action in it. You know, it's it's going to be a small film festival type film, you know. And but I, I feel like it's a good place to start, you know. So. And Papa comes from what people in the South call their grandfather. Yeah, or it's what I've called mine. Yeah, yeah. Apparently it's also a type of fruit. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's also a type of fruit, yeah. <laughs> Some people have been like, oh, yeah. I thought it was maybe a documentary about papa fruits. <laughs> I was like, no. It's got, that's, yeah. I toyed with changing the name, but then all my, my friends in California actually liked it because they weren't sure quite what it was, mm-hmm. and it kind of rang very specific to this place so yeah i think for people locally they're probably like that's a silly title but then i think people in 
Yeah, it's a super si- common word here. In the mm-hmm. cities, or they're like, ooh, it's, I don't know what that is really, you know, yeah. but we'll yeah. see. I didn't know. I, when I first started the series, actually, it was just articles. I wasn't doing the podcast yet, and I interviewed someone from Louisiana, and it was mm-hmm. Papa and Mima, and I was like, okay, what is, what is that? <laughs> like, who, who is that? <laughs> what? what? Um, and yeah, it's yeah. more common in the South. I mm-hmm. had no idea. Yeah. So that's interesting. And is there, so what drives it is the relationship between a grandfather and a grandfather? Yeah, and really the, the so it's a teenage um, boy, 17, um, and his mom, he's kind of been um, getting into trouble, you know, back at home, and his mom kind of, his single mom takes him to visit his grandfather for the summer um, as kind of to take a break from each other, really. And, uh, but while he's there, he kind of, yeah, the, so the central relationship is kind of that trio of the mom, the uh, the son, and the and the grandfather. Uh, but once he's there, he kind of starts to realize some things about his mom's past that he didn't realize, and it gets a little more complicated than that, but... Yeah, and he go, he goes deeper into things, some certain things as well. But yeah, it's kind of a family drama, is what I would call it. And you funded the whole project on your own. Yeah, so we we had we did a Kickstarter. Some of the money came from that. We also found some investors, uh, which helped a lot. And then uh, so it's kind of a it's a combination of sources, but it's very low budget film though. So. Yeah, we've piecemealed it together <laughs> anyway we could. <laughs> we've put money into it as well. So, yeah. The from the images I saw on Instagram and everything, yeah. it's still very. It looks very raw and beautiful to me. It it doesn't seem like a low budget film from what I saw. So that's kind of neat. Oh, Justin has extremely high standards. Yeah. So although it, we had a low budget, he his standards were just as high as if we had like half a million dollars. Well, I, I really enjoy working on a budget in a way. Like I find it cha- like a nice challenge to like see how good you can make something with very little. And I did that at ATN too. We didn't have much money for those, and so it's always like, how can I? And I'm very cheap, you know. So yeah, not just with <laughs> not just with my money, but other people's money, you know. So I want. I just naturally want to get it all, squeeze it for all I, all I can. Like I, that's my go-to, but. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the online stuff that looks good, a lot of that is Jessica, though. I mean, she makes a lot of graphics for us and, and uh, makes it look beautiful for, for everyone else online. Yeah. And Jessica, you took the time to help him with the movie as well. It was something that you... Yeah, I knew I'd be involved in pre-production. and I mean, it's just whether or not I intentionally was involved. We talk about, we. I mean, every night of the last year and a half we talk about the movie you know we talk about um i watch his audition tapes you know and weigh in on who i liked and didn't like and we would i would reach out to my friends and see if they had any random props you know that he was thinking about needing and so we we've just been doing pre-production like non-stop just you know as part of our lives just part of our lives to look for props and cast people every night <laughs> and we just naturally that's our regular rhythm is like we kind of each ask each other yeah the opinions yeah like i can't like, wait to show him the website i designed today so i like, can get his feedback on it like we we do both we trust each other a lot creatively yeah and so i'm always asking her opinion of things even if she doesn't really understand what it is i'm just trying to get like a you know, she doesn't understand, like, every aspect of filmmaking, but, like, she knows if someone 
on an audition tape is natural or not. You know, yeah. and if I get, if I think someone is good, I'll, oh, what do you think of this person? Yeah. And it's great to have a female perspective on everything. <laughs> we're at Christmas shopping so. for our kids, and we're just like taking pictures of reference um, DVD covers <laughs> for the movie's artwork. I was like, this has um, derailed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to go back to shopping for the kids. Yeah. Um, and she asks about her her designs or logos. Oh, and all the time. Feedback. You know, we're good at giving each other feedback. You know? Yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, I did. I actually accidentally stayed on set. <laughs> I went for the week ahead of time because I was going to help get all of the crew houses ready. We had four crew houses that we rented in Leslie, Arkansas, which has a population of 400. Yeah. So finding four vacant houses was actually not easy. But we got them all ready, you know, I had to like stock the fridge with um, Uncrustables. That was the favorite snack of all the guys <laughs> on the crew and girls. Yeah, so I stocked all the fridges with Uncrustables and then crew started showing up and I was like onboarding them, you know, and um, getting everybody settled in, getting the last minute things rented, like car rentals, we were renting props and stuff in town locally too, so I was doing some of that pre-production work. And then, like, first day of filming started, and I was like, let me just stay for the first day of filming and, you know, make sure everything's going smoothly. And then I thought, oh, gosh, we still need, like, these four props for tomorrow, and I need to lay out wardrobe for tomorrow. And so I did that, and I was like, let me just prep everything for tomorrow. And then tomorrow would come, and it would be like, okay, you know, now we need to make sure that everyone's fed, you know, and now, like, so it just kind of snowballed into, I can't leave, I cannot leave, I'm scared to leave. Part of it was we would we would have uh, probably sank without her. We really didn't need her help. But uh, part of it too is she loves. She's drawn to chaos. And, and, like, and production is pure chaos. And she got in there and she's like, "Ooh, fun! I get to dart around in fifty different directions in one hour." You know? I do love that. Yeah. Um, also, Kate, my project manager at Silver Lake and best friend, was loving just bragging about how the creative director was off on a movie set. <laughs> she's, like, she's out on set. Sorry. <laughs> it sounds really fancy. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. So you get there and you're like, oh, this so is you hell. Get there and the neighbor dogs have like drug out all the trash no, and they're like, no. this is the movie producing. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a bunch of different stages to making a movie. It's writing the yeah. script, there's editing, there's pre-production, which is getting auditions in, getting uh, everything casting, figured out. Casting, um, locations. locations. Finding locations, a lot of planning, a lot of, I mean, even down to getting releases and contracts and legal stuff. And Yeah, I mean, it's a ton that goes into it. Yeah, and, negotiating day rates for all your crew. I mean, it's, if you don't have all that figured out by the time you guys get on set, I mean... You're expecting like 20 people to show up, like with their game face and make a movie, you know, and, day one. Yeah, like, gel together very quickly, and most people don't have any, just barely met, you know. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, I can't think weird. of any other, other industry that you do that. Bring, you know, really high, highly skilled people together and expect them to create something first day that they've ever met. It's mm-hmm. crazy. That's yeah. it's why the first few days or first week of a film are normally kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless they've all worked together before. Now, some directors are, have the yeah, opportunity to make four or five films with the same crew, and that's a little might be a little different, but awesome. with us, it was a rough first week. Yeah. I've heard of some films where they'll put them together for one week, no filming, just like bonding, yeah. but it's it almost feels to me kind of like you, you bond through trauma, <laughs> like you you're do. thrown together, yes. and it's all mayhem, like and you bond, camp. yeah. 
Yeah, kind of go from there. Yeah, we we bonded through trauma for sure. A lot of trauma. <laughs> I'm still in therapy for some of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you have some uh, something else going on too. You have um, the studio downtown, yeah. which is new this year as well. So as you're making a film with your husband, you're starting a co-working space. <laughs> yeah, literally within the same two months of one another. We um, so Silver Lake had always had this dream of working in a collaborative space with other creatives. We don't, we just don't do the like cutthroat competitive thing. I think we put out a good product and. It's really, you know, striking and people who, you know, vibe with our style will want to work with us. And, you know, if people want a more commercial look, like we could recommend other agencies, you know. So I love working around other people who do what we do. And I want, you know, that kind of environment. I think that's really cool to collaborate and bounce off each other. So I heard about co-working spaces in other cities. You know, WeWork is a big one. Um, They've got a ton of chains across the world so I heard about co-working spaces thought that would be a cool way to collaborate with other people who are you know freelance designers creatives even developers and you know all spectrum so we started looking for locations last year and it got really defeating because we put the idea out there and had maybe like three people show interest you know and we just needed like a tribe behind it to make it you know sustainable financially um, cause that's just a whole another business. So this spring I ran into someone who owned a really beautiful space in downtown Conway and a mutual friend introduced us. And I said, Oh my gosh, I think uh, this would be a perfect spot for the co-working space. And I had no real agenda because I can't, I couldn't like just stop dropping, you know, pay rent on a, an empty space without any co-working members. So I was trying to talk him into like backing it, you know, <laughs> but he didn't go for it. But he did really, he was really inviting. He and his wife were really inviting and wanted to help us grow it in any way that they could. So they let us like throw a um, preview party and get some, build some interest. And then throughout that whole process, the talk, you know, talking to them and it becoming more and more of a real, you know, reality I was still like very afraid to take that on personally as another business, especially with Justin starting filming in just a couple months. So I was talking to my friend Kate, who's also our project manager at Silver Lake. And I said, she was just like, Jess, you know, like we need to post about this. We need to be like, you know, marketing this on social media. And I was like, Kate, it's overwhelming me to even think about starting that business. Like if, if it's something that you're passionate enough about, like, and you want to like take it and run with it, I will back you up a hundred percent. And so she did. She was like, okay, I think I'll do it. You know, I think I'll open the studio. And uh, and so she opened it. And I have been um, like her right-hand man doing all of the interior decoration and branding and website design and stuff like that because I want to see it thrive. You know, I want to see it succeed. So, yeah, Silver Lake technically was a founding member at the studio. And we opened in July. And we already have 16 members. So, yeah, and I've met people that I would have never met otherwise. I met you there mm-hmm. because another agency, Rock City Digital, came and did a workshop, which is so cool. Like, all of the things that are happening at the studio are a dream come true. There are people collaborating there. There are people making new connections there. People are getting are being more productive there because they're not home with their dogs or kids, you know. Um, and they're more present at home because they have a place to work and leave work, you know. 
I, I feel like that dream has come true. It's weird when you're just like, check. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really neat to watch it grow and thrive and see the connections that are happening. It's really, it looks to me like such a wonderful hub. And when I do visit, it's so warm and inviting. And I haven't encountered another co-working space like that in the area that has that same feel. So that's been yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really just wanted to be like my apartment in LA with like a million people in there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all cuddling to together. Recreate her past. <laughs> really? She can't do it in her house anymore because I won't let her. No, you <laughs> won't let me have people over to work. I call it work party. Oh. Yeah, I used to have work parties in LA all the time. My friend Emily and I'm not Betsy. against work parties. <laughs> Whatever. With other people, you would be. Well, if it was like a dozen people. Yeah. Right? No. So yeah, introvert versus extrovert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. But really, in LA, we'd hang out and we'd all have our laptops out and we would work and hang out and work, and it was normal. Like I guess I just surround myself with people who love work as much as I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. Thing. <laughs> We're all encouraging each other to keep working. <laughs> Be rebellious. Yeah. Well, what are your your goals that you can mention together? You know, as a couple or individually, but as you. Looking at the future, what do you guys both want to do? Well, I'm, I, I want to keep making films. So that's my the main thing for me. I'm hoping to progressively, you know, step up in terms of budget with the films. And hopefully we can make a few and kind of reevaluate at that point. But yeah, I just want to keep making movies. I want to do it locally. I'd love to eventually get to the point where we can foster, you know, a, a more creative environment in, in Conway specifically, mm-hmm. you know. That's a mutual goal that we have. I mean, we're, we're raising our kids here, you know, and we want them to be exposed to culture that's not like our culture and creative career options. I mean, they, there's, <laughs> they have no choice. I'm a <laughs> designer, Justin's a filmmaker, and my daughter's dad is a photographer, so like, good luck being an accountant or <laughs> something normal. Mm-hmm. Um, she already tells people that she's an abstract artist. Yeah. And she's, what, 11? Yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> um, that's the first step. But that's step. awesome, you know, and I feel like I want every kid to feel like that's a tangible thing, like making a living as, an, as a creative person or in your creative, you know, passion is attainable you know and, but it's so hard <laughs> like there is no sugarcoating it it is hard but yeah I've been trying to get a seat at the table with you know the chamber of commerce here and other business leaders here and just to affirm the legitimacy of a design business honestly I mean it's it's not normal I mean there are just a, a few of us here in Conway mm-hmm. so the whole point of that is so that when a kid says you know I want to be a designer or a fashion designer or a graphic designer when I grow up their parents are like you don't need a backup plan that is the plan let's do it you know like it's possible yeah Mm -hmm. so that's a huge goal but with Silver Lake I would love for it to be a place that's got in so right now we sub out you know web development and photography but it would be amazing to have that stuff in-house and to build just a a collaborative in-house team um, so that we can keep doing what we're doing It's been like a struggle to figure out how to sustain affordable, you know, design work for local businesses. But since I'm so, you know, hell-bent on keeping it targeted to local businesses and nonprofits, I have to find a way to make it, you know, affordable for them but sustainable for us. So, you know, still trying to figure out how to scale that because it's doable now. But, you know, figuring out how to, like, reach local businesses that aren't local to Conway. They're local to, you know, Benton Bryant, wherever they are. So... That's a Silver Lake goal. 
Um, and then obviously the studio, we would love to be so full that we needed to expand and create little office pods and, you know. Office um, pods, what's that? Like little, um... Nap centers. Nap pods, I'm done Individual <laughs> office-ish kind of places, you know, right off the side of the studio. There's more room in that building and nobody's called dibs on it yet, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> it would be sweet to have that place so full that we needed to expand it. And you have another idea that I've seen you posting about recently. You want to do a creative kind of collaboration? Oh, yes. Oh, man. (laughs) One of many of my ideas. (laughs) One of the ideas we're going to run with in um, January is um, it's called the Quarterly Creative Meetup. So if you at all work in a creative field or you want to, you know, make your creative hobby your work eventually, um, it's a place where writers, designers, filmmakers, photographers, anybody who's doing anything creative come out for one night and basically like show and tell, you know? I, I, it's kind of like the rebel version of a networking group, you know? Mm-hmm. You you get together, it's there you know, There will be drinks, there will be um, lounging, and then there will be, hey, you know, tell us your name and what you're working on. And it would be dope if eventually at the end of each year we had a... Um, kind of an annual report on what creatives around Arkansas are working on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of a something that could go out to different chambers of commerce or even like bigger businesses who are looking for new in-house creatives, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just exposure for people. Really, the whole goal is like, don't leave Arkansas. Like, mm-hmm. you can make a living as a creative person here. It's going to be hard, but if we if we know about you, and which is so hard because I mean, most creatives are not self-promoting. Mm-hmm. It's just... It can be very isolating. Uh, yeah, totally. So if... But if we know about what each other are doing, we can promote each other, you know, and then maybe eventually people won't, like, be moving because they can't make a living as a creative here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, where can we find you guys on social media, websites? Where is uh, Farewell Films? Well, right now we just have our the the films Instagram and Facebook up, I believe. So it's uh, Instagram, it's at Papal Land Movie, and uh, Facebook, it's at Papal Land Movie. Twitter, it's at Papal Land Movie too. But we don't have many Twitter followers right now. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of tweeting. Yeah, it doesn't seem like people are really on Twitter that much. I don't know. We're not. Like... We're not very tweety. Yeah, yeah we're not. We're not big into. T- tweeting but um yeah we're you can find more more info about the film there yeah. you can also see um, a kickstarter trailer at papalandmovie.com oh yeah uh, the mm-hmm. website papalandmovie.com you can you can find more info as well about the team and the CR kickstarter video and, and all that um and silver lake is online at silverlakestudio.com and then all of our socials are team silver lake um and the studio is the studio downtown.com or instagram slash the studio downtown This has been Sustaining Craft with Elizabeth Silverstein and my special guest today, Jessica Crum of Silver Lake Design Studio and Justin Crum of Papaw Land, the film. And this podcast would not be possible without the help of friends, audio editing by Joshua Kurtz and original music by Jim Giago. Catch him playing around Denver most weekends under Nomad Neighbors or on iTunes and Spotify under 7 Second Chance. And also our partner, Local Magazine, which supports local businesses and craftspeople as well. And before we sign off completely, Jessica and Justin, do you have advice for other creatives that are just trying so hard to make it work? 
I really think if you have a passion for it, if it's in your heart to do whatever it is you're doing, no matter what failure comes, just keep getting back up. That's really, I think, most of the struggle is just continuing at it, being persistent. Um, And I would say if you do feel alone or need advice, I mean, ask. Just ask people. I've, I've gone to like the... CEO of Inc. Green Printing, who some might say is a competitor of ours, and, and asked if I could just sit down and pick his brain about the way he started his business, and he's been, he was so open to it. Like, so many leaders in our community who do what I do, um, the Zach Hill at FEW sits down for coffee with me every couple months. People are so open to helping you, if you'll ask. So I would just encourage people to do that. Just for coffee that you look up to.